0: This is Tarot for the Wild Soul, a weekly tarot podcast about life, death, and rebirth, hosted by me, Lindsay Mack. Hello, Wild Souls. Welcome to a brand new episode of the podcast. It's always wonderful to be connected with you, gathering with you. Thank you so much for being here. This is our second, our a second part of a three-part Ask Lindsay. Intuition series. Um, the other month, we talked about trusting the inner voice. This week, now, this month, we're going to be talking about listening to the inner voice and how that form of listening is um, really the purest form and also one of the most frustrating, <laughs> which we'll get into uh, with love. You know, it's um, just a wild thing to listen to intuition feels like it should be very easy, but of course shoulds are bullshit. So I'm going to answer a ton of your questions. This is a a very big episode. I chose to drop into a lot of questions on this. Um, if you want to listen to this in a couple parts, that's fine. I can't, I don't really know how long it will be. Maybe, Maybe it won't actually be as long as I think it will. Um, because the questions were also good i'm really focused on different frameworks of this question and i thought that it was important to all of them that i chose i thought were important but this crop of questions was even harder than last week's so like you guys are you folks are asking just such um extraordinary questions. Thank you for trusting me with them. Thank you for sharing so much of your hearts and so much vulnerability in these questions. And please know that if your question didn't get chosen in no way, was there a sense of like, oh, not good enough, not important enough. Absolutely not. Just, I always choose questions that I think will be really supportive to the collective experience. And it's certainly not that if yours didn't get chosen, it wasn't, but Um, Just to acknowledge that everyone's question was really so good that I'm doing more than usual and um, really any of them could have made the podcast. So thank you for that. Um, Very quickly, a couple of things. Just a reminder that the threshold, which is my deep dive intuitive download into 2020, our emperor year and your year ahead, is up available for purchase material is now available. So if you pre enrolled, your material is now available. And if you're thinking about it and saying, well, I wish I could have access to all that today, you, you have it. (laughs) It's there for you. So you can go to lindsaymack.com to sign up for that. The threshold is always a timed offering that, so it will not be evergreen. So if you're feeling called to it, I'm not quite sure when it wants to go away, probably some point in early January, but it's available for you. If you want to dive into, um, some really nice ritual on releasing 2019, dropping into like a huge download about 2020, how we can be available for it, support and good solid spreads to support your year ahead. So that's available. Also boundaries and self-care for the wild soul, which is, um, a really lovely little class that is also up and available for purchase. If you're really feeling like you're moving through kind of an underworld time or seeing family or just really feeling like you need, um, some empowered support, permissioning, acknowledgement of the kind of self-care you can autonomously drop into that's available. If you feel called, you know, those are both up on lindsaymack.com and you can click the links on the show notes. And I wanted to make a little announcement. Um, I'm very excited to gently announce that I will be releasing, um, what I'm calling a mini course. Um, it'll be quite rich and full, but mini in terms of what it will be priced at and, um, relative to other courses I do, which are enormous. <laughs> um, I will be doing a little mini course called inner voice, um, which is, uh, a, my first ever intuition course that will really be kind of all about what we're covering in these Q and A's. Um, listening to the inner voice, living from the inner voice, trusting from the inner voice, creating from the inner voice, um, living on these rhythms and, um, covering a tremendous amount of what a lot of you asked and what many of you have shared, um, using tarot as a backbone, but really focusing on a lot of what we're, um, diving into in these episodes. So, uh, this, Uh, without really getting into it, because again, I have so much to get to, but this course and our voice has been kind of swirling around for over a year. Um, That course really came down to me last year, changed its mind multiple times about what it wanted to be, how it wanted to express itself. And we're finally at a place where it feels ready and so do I. So I'm very excited to share that. Um, it's really going to take everything we've covered in these episodes and way more to a really beautiful place. Um, and that will be an evergreen offering and it'll be available for purchase On the solstice, December 21st, the material will be available in January. Um, So if you feel called, great. And if you don't, it'll literally be there for you whenever you're ready. It could be three years from now. Um, So, And whenever you have the calling or the abundance to invest in it. So the um, preliminary information about the course and what will be covered in it is up on my website now on lindsaymack.com. And if you feel called, you can click that link in my website by going to the show notes. I got to tell you, it's been a very wild time. There's so much material coming through me right now that it's honestly hard to like time it all and pace it all because of course, Tarot for the Wild Soul comes out in March, which is pretty close to this, um, little baby that wants to come in January, but I mean, who am I to stop the babies that want to come? (laughs) So, um, there you have it. Uh, so I'm very excited to share that. I, I've been wanting to do a accessible, um, intuitive course for a really, really long time and i feel again like i'm finally ready for it so i'm excited to share it um there will be some scholarships available for that one um there will be some sponsorships available as we do with all of our um all of our offerings that are above a certain dollar amount so all that'll um, there'll be more information uh on the website in the coming weeks but um yeah you'll, you'll find out more about it. (laughs) Don't fret about that. Um, so yeah, that's it for the announcements. Okay. When we listen to the inner voice, um, we're speaking of listening in a different way. It's a different quality of attention, of presence. It's a different rhythm, um, listening to the inner voice and the Uh, communication from the inner voice is a wholly spiralic process, um, which I will explain in a moment. We really want it to be linear. It never is. (laughs) So that's important to acknowledge. Listening to the inner voice requires some quiet. It requires some space. Space and quiet are available to all of us you may get your best space and quiet when you're in the shower, when you're on the bus, when you're on your morning commute. I have a really lovely rhythm with spirit where I kind of get organically woken up around 5 in the morning, sometimes a little earlier, and most mornings um half asleep, half awake. Um I'm just chatting and they uh tell me all kinds of different things and I ask questions and I'm very open in that state and they're very available. And they literally kind of nudge me awake because they know this is where Lindsay's most spacious in terms of just the reality of my apartment and being in my apartment with my husband and my kitty, which is, I have space here, but not quite as I do when I'm half awake, half asleep. Um, So it's about being available to the more, um, rather to the less stringent rhythms and being open to the more wild rhythms. Um, so what do I mean by uh, listening to the inner voice being spiralic process so when I speak of the idea of linear, what I'm talking about is we get a yes in our guts and then we walk 10 paces and we achieve the thing that we like if we hear um, a yes to, um, go do a thing, we go do the thing and we get what we hoped for. That's like the, probably the silliest example of, um, a kind of a linear inner voice fantasy experience. We really want to always hear an answer to the, um, to have the answer we hear unfold in the way that we hope, which is largely linear. And of course we want that because we are human beings with prefrontal cortexes, with brains, with egos, with nervous systems, and none of that should be avoided. But, um, every time we listen, we commit, or we intend to be available to listen to the inner voice. It is instant, immediate, the finest egoic work we could ever do. Many of us are always seeking that work to try to be more disengaged or disidentified or unidentified with our egos. And one of the best ways is to, um, open to your intuition because, um, the ego really, a lot of the time you'll find really wants to control the experience, wants to hear what it wants to hear. That's, that's everybody. That's me too. We all have preferences. Um, a lot of us forget to check in at all. Um, it's quite common. So listening to the inner voice is about committing, leaning into a more spiralic rhythm of things. It's learning to pause and learning to actually ask, learning to um, notice when little pockets and little spaces are available to us, um, paying attention. Maybe you've been getting woken up at five in the morning for forever and you're just going on your phone. So um, I did not start really Hearing from spirit until I moved things away from my bedside. I don't keep my phone near my bedside, but had like an iPad or whatever. Um, once that moved, that was when spirit started to come through because there wasn't anything else for me to do. And that doesn't sound like so grand, but really listening to the inner voice just means being available to that spiralic call to that rhythm, um guides which are um really um entities is not quite the right word but energetic beings that are devoted assigned to you um they don't have really names they have never lived we can work with all kinds of ancestors and spirits, but guides really don't have identification. They'll give us that if we really need it, but, um, they're nameless, you know, choirs of beings, um, that sometimes work collectively and sometimes work individually. And they are the ones that when we're checking in with the voice, with the inner voice, that's in our highest and best, they're a part of what we're dropping in with. They're a part of what we're hearing. Um, and a part of what the inner voice is intimately connected to. When we speak of inner voice, we're talking about the intuitive, um, communication that moves from our bodies to guides and back again, kind of that ever-flowing bridge. So here's an example of what I mean by Spiralic. You may check in with your guides, get a yes on something, something that feels like a yes. And you might start walking to do that thing. And you might think to yourself, this doesn't feel like a yes to me. And it may have nothing to do with anything negative, anything dangerous, nothing like that. You just kind of know in your body, it's a no. And then you may get to that destination or you may kind of stop and pause and you may hear, you may check in again and go, is there a reason for me to go here? and then you might hear a no. And so here's what I mean by spiralic. Guides are here to help us. The inner voice is here to guide us in what's in our highest and best. And in that moment, what is in your highest and best may have been that you got an answer to something, didn't really check in about it further, took a couple steps to do something, and then actually listened to the inner knowing. So you got a chance to practice in the field what it felt like in your body to feel a no. Amazing. So they don't do that to trip us up or trick us or anything like that. They do that to help um, shave off a bit of the ego, shave off a bit of the attachment, and also gift us a new experience. It may be, and this is my experience constantly that you get an answer, you get a knowing, or you get a yes to something, and then you have a big chemical brain, like, I don't know how I feel about that. How am I supposed to do that? Yada, yada, yada. Um, sometimes it's that, and this is often true, what we hear or perceive or what we, what we receive in terms of a listening to ourselves. What comes up actually triggers all this brain shit that we get to heal, process, tap into, clear out. My teacher always says it's like getting the pebbles out of your shoes. Like That's the point is that when we're in alignment, when we're listening to that inner voice, when we have an ear out, it doesn't mean you always have to be hearing everything. It just means that we're available that we're stating that we're available. We're committing ourselves to be available. Listening and the quality of listening is different for everybody. So it doesn't mean that um, to listen to the inner voice, you know, I mentioned requires quiet and space. Again, that doesn't mean you have to have a quiet mind. It's just about developing a different relationship with quiet so that there is an opening to the spiral instead of the linear. It's a little out there. And I think more clarity will come when I start answering questions, but listening to the inner voice just means being open to, we don't need to understand what we're hearing. And it's sometimes not even, that's always happening where spirit will sometimes say no. And they're not saying no to something. They're saying, don't ask me just like, go do, like, just do it. See how it feels. Sometimes it's not that, um, sometimes spirit really wants to be involved in like the minutia. And sometimes they're like, I'm not, I don't, you can handle the earthly, the little earthly things. (laughs) Um, sometimes they tell us stuff and we think like, nah, and we have to go through all our stuff and then we get to it and it actually comes up. So the relationship to listening to our inner voice is often fraught with a lot of brain stuff. And I want to acknowledge that this is exactly as it should be that this is exactly correct because, um, honoring intuition will always help to clear. It's almost like squeezing a sponge. It will always help to clear out whatever brain stuff gets kicked up from doing that. It's really a different rhythm. Um, and it can be very powerful because many of us assume that we kind of have to get all of our brain stuff out of the way. And then we'll just be able to hear our intuition all the time. And it'll be like a straight line leading us to like Valhalla. And it's the opposite <laughs> that. You have everything you need now, whatever your brain, whatever your nervous system, whatever your, your body is, is the perfect vessel and the perfect circumstance to help you connect with your inner voice and nurture and doula yourself and the parts of you that may be resistant or afraid or disbelieving about what you're listening to. It's really a holistic healing altogether. Um, hopefully that makes sense. I hope so. Um, and now that I'm, um, sort of just have covered just a little bit, I'm going to go into more detail with these answers. So my first question, and please know that there are, I believe there's, um, there is a little content warning for this, um, question, there's a mention of abuse. So you can skip it if you'd like. Um, So Anonymous asks, because of very intense abuse growing up, my survival strategy became dissociating and not listening to my body or intuition and simply operating off of what others said was quote, good or right. As I work on shaking off the looming cultural voice that often shaped my actions, I feel like my mind whirls with several voices. I don't feel like I have channel one and two, but rather channels one, two, three, four, five, et cetera. While trying to reconnect with myself and spending time in therapy, I've come to a career crossroads that involves potentially taking a leap. I've been standing at my crossroad for the better part of the year. And when I try to drop in, I hear all my channels flare at once. There's a frightened inner child scared that whatever stability we have will be lost. A screaming tween, angry that we never got to do what she wants. We never get to do what she wants. And then an overachieving inner young adult, resentful that all this hard work she's done is about to be wasted. And I guess the latest iteration of me is an overwhelmed inner parent who feels like she can't take care of anyone and just wants a break. I feel like I'm slowly feel like I'm slowly beginning to tune into my intuition, but the static is so intense. Maybe I can hear my intuition gently saying she wants to take a chance, but it's okay. We don't have to rush. And yet the indecision is making the static even crazier. And I wonder if that was even my intuition at all, or if I'm just hearing the other voices. I guess my question is, how do you distinguish what's your brain and what's your intuition when your brain has multiple voices that you have to sift through? Anonymous, I really need to start by saying that I want to babysit all of your inner kids tonight. I want to curl up and caretake your inner little child. I want to listen to your inner tween fucking rage. I want to hear everything that that being that blessed being has to say. And I want to like sit down and make a cup of tea for your inner young adult. And I want you to like go out with the people (laughs) that nurture you so you can have an inner parent break. I love your inner parent. I love all parts of you. I see you in this question. I love that you asked it it was the first question I answered for a reason. You're speaking to something that is so important, universal, so vital. And before I speak to or answer to anything you shared, I'm just bowing to all parts of you, including the ones you didn't name, validating you completely. Um, I also have far more channels than one and two anonymous. Me too. I also have little lens. I have, um, many ages of lens at various ages. You know, I have, um, my, uh, primal brain who is a whole other character in my life. (laughs) I have my body, my physical body that has all kinds of desires and feelings and, um, holds everyone Um, I have kind of just the brain and then I I have multiple channels um, myself. And so what you're speaking to is very important. You are also perfectly illuminating the spiralic process of the inner voice. So when we, what I am sensing, and please feel free to throw out what I've said If it does not suit you, align with you. If you don't agree, you are the correct one here in terms of your knowing. I want to start by saying that when we're in the linear, we may think to ourselves, and it's so right that you're doing it, that, you know, I want to hear my intuition. Why won't these fucking kids shut up? Even if we're not necessarily feeling that way about it, it's like, I have to be able to hear. Everyone's got to get quiet. So part of your spiral journey, Anonymous, to hearing your intuition is caretaking all of your beings. That's actually part of your rhythm. That's part of mine too. There is no separation for me. If I check in with my guides, there's always a holding of little lens. There's always an acknowledgement. Any part of me that wants to step forward and wants to have a time to like be furious or to scream cry or to um, be pissed off. Any part of me has permit, they always have the stage and I know that I don't have to fix it. They just want to be fucking heard. They just want to be acknowledged. It is absolutely appropriate that multiple parts of you would be very unsure about this whole intuition thing if you've experienced abuse, your hypervigilance is likely very, very high, as is mine. We have very, very devoted protectors inside of us. It takes a lot of time, a lot of care, a lot of repetition, a lot of outside resourcing sometimes to help. Of course, um, I have to tell my brain that hypervigilance part of my brain every day, like, sweetheart, thank you so much for another horrific, disastrous outcome that could come from me listening to my knowing. And, um, I just want to remind you we're out of mom's house. You don't have to protect me in quite that way anymore. I'm so looking forward to taking your hand and proving to you that, um, we got it, that I got you. I got you because these parts of you just want to protect. So when you touch in with your inner voice, and I'm not saying you have to do this today. I'm not even saying you have to like it. You also don't have to do anything, but including all those pieces, that's part of the healing that you're doing in potentially taking this leap at this crossroads. That's why you've been at the crossroads for a year, because all of these parts of you are asking for your attention. That's a part of what it means to listen to the inner voice. They're a part of that for you. You know, I can't do anything without little lens being acknowledged, respected, talking to her, letting her know, baby, this is fucking scary. I know you're scared, but I got you. But sometimes all you have to say, I hear you, sweetheart. I got you, you know, um, sometimes. And I hear you, your inner parent needs a break So my question is who nurtures you? You know, do you have community? Are there people like even this, you reached out to me. I, in this moment of recording, like my heart is so fucking wrapped with your consent and permission, of course, (laughs) but like so wrapped around your being. And I guarantee you, there are so many people who are holding you, just holding you. It's circling you, supporting you just by you. And it doesn't matter that nobody knows your name. We can all feel you. We can all feel your little girl. I can feel people like, you know, sending your inner kids love and care. And that's all actually a part of it. If the inner beings in the self are not acknowledged, it's very hard to step forward. So in direct answer to your question, What we do, especially if we're facing down like a big decision that triggers everybody's safety, we literally go down the line and we say, okay, first up, whomever is kind of shouting the loudest and we acknowledge, I literally do this shit out loud where I'll I'll sit if I'm having one of the experiences that you have just named here and I'll say, okay, I'm seeing you and you and you, and I'm right here with you. And I want everyone to come in really close. I usually call in my guides, my angels, my well ancestors, um, anyone who protects and supports me, my, you know, my grandmothers, like whatever. And I'll call everybody in and I'll say, okay, first and foremost, I want to listen to my tween. So baby come, you know, come for me. What what do you have to say about this? And you can listen and cry and say those words out loud and find yourself literally exercising them from your being. And instead of feeling like you have to fix or solve anything, you can just say to your tween, like, you're so right. It fucking sucks that nobody does what you want to do. What do you want to do? What how could I help? Like what's something you'd like to do? And maybe take note, like what would, what makes your tween happy? That is part of listening to your inner voice. So in order for you to take the leap at this crossroads, maybe it's important to develop um, a different relationship with your tween. Maybe, I'm not sure, but maybe. And then with your inner child, inner children just want to be told they we got them. And for those of us who have not had a lot of parenting, that can sometimes feel like a job that really sucks, but it's a healing for you too. So if you can come to a space where you say, you know, sweetheart, I can feel you're so scared. Nobody's making any decisions right now. It's all good. I got you. I totally have you. And then you pull up a chair with that kind of young adult part of yourself and you say, nothing is going to be lost. You will be safe. We will be safe no matter what we decide. Right now, nobody's deciding anything. I'm just seeing everybody here. You're just acknowledging. And anonymous, if you don't think that that kind of caretaking is the inner voice shining through you, you got another thing coming, my friend, because that's big time inner voice, big time. That's the inner voice too. The parts of you stretching back in time get to be reparented by you doing the fucking greatest parenting job on planet earth, get to be reparented by you through the voice of your inner knowing. So much, dare I say, may I say, so much more vital, so much more important, so much more um, timely than you figuring out whether or not you're taking this leap. Because guess what? No matter what, you're taking a huge fucking leap into your embodied reparenting. Huge. That's what it is to listen. Sometimes when we want an answer to something, a part of us pops up and we think, how the fuck do I deal with this part of me and like get the answer? And spirit often will kind of put those pieces in front of us so that we get to take everybody with us, whether or not we take the leap. And my guess is that you're going to take some kind of leap because there's always, um, big reactions from the parts of us that are, um, from like little time travelers when we're about to really expand. So, um, whether you, no matter what you choose, you are expanding. So, um, I would say as best as you can in ways that feel safe and are not going to overwhelm your capacity to cope, just hold the space for the parts of you. You don't need to take it on. You don't have to believe them. You don't have to fix it. They're also not you. They're you and they're also not you now. So you can remember that and really just say, okay, I hear all the parts. They just want to be heard. And start thinking about, this might take you like a year, literally, but start thinking about who nurtures me. And while you can't necessarily have you know, a parent nurture you. There is, um, or, you know, I'm not sure of the extent of your experience. Maybe you do have a parent that nurtures you. I don't know. But, um, many of us who've experienced abuse from parents, there's often a lot of grief around like, oh, I'm never going to get this from another person, you know? Um, but you're getting it with me now. Your, your inner adult is really getting, lavished really really getting loved up and nurtured and supported in its in your reparenting so are there others that you can include in that you know just thinking about those things that's all listening to the inner voice so we have to be able to even so distantly bow to and acknowledge the really fervent parts of us that just want to be just want to be heard. And then we can begin to touch in to a little bit more information. And then usually we have to go back to our kids and then touch in a little bit more and go back to our kids. So that's the spiral for you. I hope that makes sense. And I'm wishing you a lot of luck on that. But they're all a part of it. You're a, like, all that work is a part of you. It's all a spiralic part of you coming to this understanding or this answer. Um, another anonymous asks, how do you nurture your inner voice when you just also have a million things to do that aren't soul deep? Yes. They're not harmful or unethical things. They're just all the mundane things that come with working to pay the bills. I feel like there's privilege baked into many discussions on social media about following intuition and not a lot about learning to trust the inner voice when you're also having to do Excel spreadsheets or interact with a ton of egos during the day. Baby, there is soul. Yes. in everything we're doing. Absolutely. And I totally agree with you. And I think, um, you're right. Privilege is baked into a lot of the conversation. Um, I want to acknowledge to you now that although you may not be in a career that is a deep soul yes to you, you are exactly where you're meant to be and listening to your inner voice. So if we're speaking of, and I'm not quite sure if this is what you're asking about, so forgive me if I'm going to, if I get it wrong, if I miss it, but you working the absolute, perfect, beautiful, blessed job that you have right now, that is not like complete titty twister, amazing soul deep job, but pays your bills, keeps you nourished, is a stable commitment to your life, is totally a soul yes, even though it may not be an exciting soul yes, even though it might not be the ultimate place that you might wind up being at. Depends. Let's say you don't want to work this job. You actively want to do something different. Maybe you know it, maybe you don't. So here's what you do in your journey and in your quest to potentially bridging the gap to where you are, to where you'd like to be. You can say, I'm willing to consider that this piece, this part of my life that has not yet come into earthly form can and may come in and I am available in all directions and in all ways of my life to let it come in however it wants to. And that's it. And from then on out, you go to your job, you come home, you do whatever makes you happy. You go back to your job, you kind of deal with the bullshit that you have to deal with. And slowly but surely, you start to unravel and explore and notice, you know, um, what do I love about this? What do I not love about it? Am I willing to consider that there could be a way for me to shift? out of this, even if I don't know the how or the why, you know, it's just a matter of leaving a little space and having a little room and saying, um, I'm willing to consider, but I think there's a tremendous amount of soul beauty in all situations. When I was a nanny and not to disrespect childcare, I think it's a tremendous career. And I did it for nine years. It, it was such an honor to take care of folks as kids. Um, but it was very hard on me. And I did not enjoy the day-to-day of doing it, even though I loved the kids. Um, and I knew m- more than anything, I knew that I, I wanted to do something different. Um, and I still was grateful for the ability to go outside when I wanted to, roughly. I was grateful to be able to have my tarot cards with me. A lot of people who work at certain jobs, they really kind of can, or they have to, it's more difficult to get in touch with um, their cards and, um, it's the mundane pieces of life. Um, are they never go away. You know, there, there's always like, you always have to go to the DMV. You always have to deal with your taxes. Um, you always have to deal with shit you don't particularly want to do. Um, you don't always get a soul DPS yes for stuff that is in your highest and best to do. That's kind of like, getting out of the spirituality 101 idea that everything is like a soulgasm. And it isn't. <laughs> you know, like it it isn't. Like there's plenty I do that I don't particularly like doing. But um I'm redoing my big tarot for the wild soul course. And I wish I could tell you I was excited, but it is I am dragging because it's a lot of typing and writing and recording and it's a lot of mundane stuff. And it's a lot of like being filmed for camera, which I absolutely hate. And, um, but I love doing the course. It's just like when my husband is animating until one o'clock in the morning and, uh, meaning animating cards for my course. And when I am, um, putting together, uh, you know, workbooks and it's, it's not like I'm feeling the same way I do about that, that I do when I tune in with other things. So, Um, I think you listen to the inner voice in exactly the same way as you do. I mean, forgive me for saying God is everywhere. God is in those Excel spreadsheets. Spirit is in those big egos that you're working with. Divine is in the trips to the grocery store that we're just like, oh my God. And obviously there's huge privilege in what I'm saying. Some people would love to have jobs and some people cannot afford groceries. So acknowledging my privilege in a huge way here. Um, It's in everything. And we're, we're still alive on the planet. There's plenty that we don't want to do, but it is absolutely in your highest and best to be going to your job. And you can still listen and still hold a space for something else while you're at your job without making your job a problem and without making what other things you may want into total impossibilities because they're not. You don't know that. So holding both, I would say is the, um, is, uh, the answer, I think trusting the inner voice when you're also having to do Excel spreadsheets is like what it's why I'm here. Cause I worked a day gig until I was, um, I don't know how old I was like 31, um, I've only not had a job for about four years, another job other than this job, um, and not having a job is not really an arbiter of successful or a yes or a no or anything like that. I just um, I built my business while I was watching people's children, you know, and and working other gigs on the side and doing readings at night after like nine hour days. So it's not easy, but it's totally there for you. So. Um, I don't know if the trusting the inner voice necessarily gets easier when you're not working a job like that, so hopefully that answer is helpful um. Thanks for asking at Lola Simpson from Instagram says, hi, Lindsay, when I open up and connect, I really struggle at times with overanalyzing what I'm getting. How do you keep your human narrator out of the info you receive? Sometimes I feel like my inner voice won't be quiet long enough for me to really feel into what I'm receiving. She's just too chatty. Also, do you avoid anything like caffeine or specific foods when you're preparing to dive in much love and gratitude always? Um, So... There's a couple things here in what you shared. Um I would say for you write down on your phone notes app or on a journal what you get when you get it. So that way you're kind of um bringing it down and out of you and then later you can revisit it so you're not trying to analyze or understand in the moment. Um, and your inner voice, um, we don't, okay. So I know that this sounds a little off Lola, but, uh, or maybe like a little out there, but, um, when you say your inner voice won't be quiet long enough for you to really feel into what you're receiving, she's just too chatty. Even though you're using the word feeling, that's still a form of analyzing, because feelings don't actually have anything to do with the inner voice at all. They're a part of it, but the inner voice is what it is. The feelings, like if you feel good about it, you feel bad about it. It's not to say that they aren't completely valid and important, but they're actually not as important as the inner voice just having the opportunity to flow when it comes. It really is like catching a butterfly. Like it it floats in and it's very important to just be like and like, just let it come. Because very often inner voices come or inner knowings or those channelings that we can sometimes randomly get out of nowhere. And it's really important to like actually step aside completely and just be like, okay, I'm going to write down everything I'm getting. And when the human narrator steps in, you can literally be like, not right now. And just when the desire to be like, ooh, how do I feel about that? just be like, you'll have your opportunity, you know, stop. Um, if your inner voice is chatty, you're very lucky because most people have difficulty even hearing their inner voice. So feeling, analyzing, whatever, it's just a practice of acknowledging that those parts really want, they're like, they want to get their mitts on that, you know, information because feeling is another way of sometimes actually tamping the inner voice down. It's very easy. I'm going to tell you something right now. I don't feel good about most of the stuff that I'm told to do because it makes me very uncomfortable. There is a myth, a complete myth that when you get stuff from the inner voice, you're going to feel amazing about it. Very often there's a lot of excitement and like, oh my God, but it comes with some feelings that are like, I don't fucking know about this. How do I feel about that? I didn't, you know, whatever. They're not actually a part of the conversation. They can, they can speak and they will, but they're not going to make the decision for us. If your inner voice is chatty, you want to acknowledge and honor her as she comes in. Um, again, I really get for you to write. Um, so you're asking me about caffeine or specific foods. No, I don't avoid anything. Um, uh, for my body, and I really want to be very, very explicit about this. Everyone's body is wise and we do not need, do not need to bring any conversation in about how certain foods inhibit intuition. No, because we just don't. I have channeled beautifully on all kinds of caffeine, sugar, like, you know, it doesn't matter. Um, but for my body, my inflammation, my chronic pain, um, and just the way that I am aging, um, I cannot really have caffeine anymore. And I have found for myself that my channel is opening up a little bit more just because I'm not so anxious. So if caffeine makes you anxious, and if you really notice a heightened difference when you have caffeine, then I would say just like I still have like some tea in the morning, but a very little amount. It's just what happens to work for me. Um, It's not that caffeine is bad; it's just that everyone experiences it really differently. So there are tremendous psychics and intuitives who like have coffee all day and are just channeling like pure information. So that's why I really say like, it's super important to acknowledge that I'm, you asked me about my body. So I'm answering. I also can no longer have any kind of sugar. It is a devastating and I hate it, but again, it's heart palpitations and anxiety. I, my body really changed this year and I just, I, I can't, eat it anymore. Um, but I don't know if that necessarily changed anything with my intuition. I think you can really do anything you want. It's really just about knowing yourself, um, and having respect, um, not even respect, but collecting awareness. It took me a really long time to figure out that my anxiety was driven by coffee. So, um, just, uh, not really making any part of the intuitive process a problem. Like there's no, there's nothing that's going to keep you from that, um, glorious expanse of knowing there's no food, no drink that's going to do that. Um, it's just really about knowing what works for you and what doesn't. Allison asks, "I know the inner voice is neutral and does not offer messages in judgment or petty ways, so I've gotten good at dampening the sound of that anxious brain voice. But what about those times when the inner voice is very vague? I've been in a, I've been in situations where I ask a bigger question like, quote, should I move here or quote, should I end this relationship and receive one answer like yes or not yet. And then that's it. If I ask for information around the how or even or when or even the why, I just get silence." <laughs> join the club, Allison. Last year, I was planning a big move and felt completely reckless when people would ask why I was moving. And the only answer I could give was quote, because I'm being told it's the right step. Do you have any ideas about how to connect with the inner voice? So the process of trusting it can feel a little more like a conversation and a little bit less like a blind leap of faith. I mean, Allison, like if I could, if you were in front of me, I'd be like screaming and slapping the table. Like what you're describing is the story of my life. I never know the why. I never know the how. My lease is ending in New York in in April. And my husband, I do have a vague idea of where we're looking to move, but I have not gotten a yes on it. (laughs) Like I have not been told yes or no anywhere. Like we, we have an idea of where we're being guided very gently. I could get there. Nothing could happen. Truly. So I don't have advice for you on how it can feel a little bit less like a blind leap of faith and I wish I did because I actually think the more you start listening to the inner voice the more you don't know anything that's it is a wild thing but I it's true you just start to become you start living In the inner voice, you start, you stop planning and you just are alive in the moment that you are alive. The answer that you gave to people when they'd ask why you were moving is the appropriate answer. And the feelings of recklessness that came up are part of what you had the opportunity and have the opportunity to bring some healing and some love to, to talk to them, to not necessarily believe that they're true. That's part of what you're healing is the idea. And that's the witch wound many of us that the fact that you honor your inner voice and don't necessarily have a reason, everybody needs to have a goddamn reason for doing everything. And there is no reason. It's because we hear, we feel, we sense. That's it. Animals don't need a reason. They call, they feel that sense and they go. So, um, I don't mean to be blunt and certainly, um, don't feel blunt at all. Um, but the inner voice is, is often quite vague. It's just a little, a little nudge in one direction. And then the spiral process kind of takes over and moves us. And, um, The process of trusting it can feel, eventually it may blossom into a conversation. There are some circumstances, and this doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong, where it just totally feels like a blind leap of faith. And it's partially because of what that situation, being blind, brings up in your brain, your nervous system, your feelings so that you can bring some love to them so that you can process it so that you can feel into it so that you can, um, sense and, and do some, do some healing basically. Um, it's an, also a new way of learning, cultivating new levels of depth in your sensing and just saying, okay, I'm willing to step in the dark of the forest here, it's again, just kind of a different opportunity to learn different edges and borders and boundaries of the, uh, really the lack thereof, of living intuitively. That's really what you're talking about. And sometimes it is just totally that you're blind and it's great because you, you're, all of your other senses kind of light up and the things that are meant to come out in the dark of the night, um, do so that you can bring some compassion and attention to them. So um, eventually it becomes more of a conversation the more you listen, but it also sometimes just stays that you have absolutely no idea what you're doing (laughs) until you do it. Um, And it's not a problem at all. Majesty and Motherhood on Instagram asks, thank you so much for this series. It has been one of my all-time favorites. Thank you. I've been cultivating my intuition over the past few years and feel that I'm gaining better insight when things are a nudge and a yes, but listening to a no is much more murky for me. I often feel conflicted between trusting myself that something is truly a no versus a fear pattern. Any guidance here would be very appreciated. So grateful for your podcast and your courses. Thank you. So you want to pay attention to a couple things with your nose. If it's a pushing, a should, a you ought to, if it brings up stress, fear, anxiety, if your brain tries to tell you that there's a time sensitive idea about it, it's always brain. If you get a no from soul, it may absolutely bring up feelings, senses, um, But most of the time, if you get a no, there's something deeper, like even when it's a no that can signal some kind of big decision, it's a different kind of feeling. It's not a brain generated fear. Um, So if your nose feel a bit murky, it may be because... um, yeah. It may be because exactly what you said, there's difficulty with trusting. And if so, what I recommend is taking a step backward and doing a little journaling, or, um, if you're more of a verbal processor, chatting it out with somebody that you trust, or just even like talking to yourself. Sometimes I find that very helpful to just like name things aloud. Um, and notice, what are my stories and my beliefs if this no is in alignment for me? Am I worried about hurting someone's feelings? Am I worried about, you know, whatever? Um, What am I concerned about if this no is a, actually not in alignment, you know, wh- whatever it might be? Um, If in general, if there's a fear that you're basing your no on a fear pattern, it's probably your brain. (laughs) But if you get a no and you really pause with it and sense into it and do a little journaling, you can start untying any of those little knots of doubt or confusion and replace them with, yeah, like, of course my brain would invite me into some fear about whether or not this was actually fear or a no. And I'm going to keep Um, I'm just going to really go for it. The other thing that I would say too, is sometimes you just have to do the thing that you hear a no for. And if you kind of land a little funny on your ankle on the dismount, you just go, oh, okay, well, it's not wrong. It's just a decision I made that, you know, uh, maybe needed to check in a little bit further with or, but it's not a problem necessarily. It's just all learning. You know, sometimes we have to actually practice it to know whether or not, uh, we're feeling it, you know, and sometimes knows that we hear maybe spirit saying, don't ask right now, or there's no answer right now or not yet. So it could be that what you also can do is bring follow-up questions to your channel and just say, is it a not yet? Or is it a no? Um, is it time to ask right now? Just asking those questions. Um, so Abby Normal asks, also from Inch, also from Instagram. Sometimes I feel like my intuition runs a mile a minute. It can be overwhelming and exhausting. I want it to slow down. When I really lean into it, the fucking floodgates open, but when I try to block it, I feel less than whole. How do you find the sweet spot? I guess sometimes I just want time to process everything and actually do the thing before I'm bamboozled again. It comes at me so fast. It's like information overload. I do try to lean into what I receive. I want to embrace it rather than fight it, but sometimes it feels like I can't possibly be who my inner her voice wants me to be. I can't travel this path so quickly. Like, chill out, girl. Give me a second. So, Abby Normal, I understand that sometimes the floodgates open for me too, and it's like, I cannot keep up. <laughs> like, I, I cannot keep up. Um, so what I want to say is that once you live in the sweet spot for a little while. you will have little patches of this, but not all the time. It's because when you lean into it, your guides are so excited to talk to you that they're trying to give you everything they can before you tap out again. So um, here's what I'd say. If you're going to lean into your intuition, give it some of your time. I'm with great respect. You can be everything your intuition wants you to be. You can, you may not think you can be, but you can. The other thing that I want to say is that you're not doing anything wrong. If you don't feel ready to, that's a okay. That's a part of it. Um, the third thing I want to say is, um, you can travel this path so quickly. They are very fast. They are very fast. Things always happen way faster for me when I'm touched in with God. It's like all of a sudden, I'm moving so much faster than I ever could have imagined. Like in three days, a course comes through, bam. So it's, um, really just about conditioning. Like actually this path requires a little bit of conditioning with being available to be moved that quickly. Um, and sometimes the human desire to kind of catch up, um, we want to really acknowledge those parts, but um, it does get easier the more you acknowledge the intuition, the more you make space for it. it all of this actually gets way easier, way easier um, if you are making space for um, the intuition more, um, more often. Um, the sweet spot comes when you talk to your guides. So you can actually tell them guides, I would love to take it from like a hundred down to like 45, 70, please don't go away, but a little bit less would be terrific. And then, um, keep reminding them like, this is all so great, but it's like a lot. Can I, I just need a moment. I need a moment. Um, we have free will here. So you can just ask if you, make it a practice for you to lean in more regularly and really um, create the space for your hearing of your intuition. And if you can bow to the parts of you that don't like how fast it goes, because the opinions that you have about how it should go slower are a part of the pain of they're what what is creating the suffering in your process, that you feel that it should be different. And I completely respect that and acknowledge it. Um, the feelings are so valid. They're not necessarily the truth because your intuition isn't slow. It's very fast. So it's really more about, well, how can I match that even though it makes me uncomfortable? So it's just starting to think about it. And again, I'm telling you this as somebody who will be chilling, having a very quiet Sunday, and then all of a sudden we'll get blasted. And I'm furiously transcribing stuff that wants to come through for a course for literally four hours. And I got to tell you, as magical as that is, there are times where I just want to go back to my Stephen King book. (laughs) Like, I don't want to, it's not that I don't want that, but it is like, sometimes when it comes in, it's a really fast and furious, but that part of me, while so valid, doesn't get to drive the car. So that's a part of what I want to invite you to think about, not necessarily do or agree with, just to think about and see how you feel about it, you know? And then finally... Um, at mad hunt on Instagram asks, hi, Lindsay, what do you do when depression or hard time seems to dull your magical intuitive self? I'm in a tough situation right now, and it's very hard to get out of bed in the mornings. I don't have a ton of energy to meditate, pull cards, or connect with my intuition. When I do, the messages are confusing and I feel overwhelmed. Any tips or ideas for this type of situation? Thanks for your work, mad hunt. I've been there so many times myself. I know so many of us have. So yeah, my first thing is like, um, fuck practices. You're living in a practice right now. you like, you're moving through a big underworld journey. Your body needs you. You're very present in your soul work right now. Believe it or not, depressions are huge soul work, like they're, they're work. Um, moving through that grief and, and acknowledging the lack of energy. Um, sometimes when I go through things like that, um, it's very helpful to remember that you're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing. That right now you taking a shower is, and I'm not, I'm not kidding. Like tuning in with, isn't in my highest and best to take a shower today, take a bath today, because it's going to cost you lots of energy, you know, or is it in higher alignment to like wash my face right now and have a drink of water and then maybe get a little fresh air and see how I feel. If that, if that, um, it's a different level and layer of listening to intuition. Sometimes intuition when we're going through these experiences where we're really in the cave, we're really in the hole, we're really traveling through the underworld, um, guides follow us in there. It's not like we have to feel separate. You don't have to ask about anything outside of what you're going through right now, because what you are going through right now will be temporary. It is absolutely not your permanent state. But when, and of course we want to touch in with stuff that maybe blooming down the road when we're going through a tough time. But I really recommend um, moving into the more present, simple, gentle, super, super gentle, just caretaking. You don't have to meditate. If you put a hand on your heart while you're in bed, hand on the belly and just breathe and say, Hey, I'm here. This feels, you know, how it feels. Um, while you're in bed, you can say, guys, I really don't have any energy to do anything other than just say, um, I'm open to anything. You may have to show me, tell me I'm, I'm listening. And if there's any way that I can, um, caretake myself or be available to anything I'm listening, but for right now, I'm going to really honor this and just rest my bod. Um, and I do want to say I am somebody that I don't know if you know my story or whatever, but I developed soul tarot, which is the kind of tarot I teach and the, the basis of all that I'm speaking of, because when I had PTSD that was so bad, I could barely function. My deck never left my side. I took it into bathrooms and like when I had to excuse myself and like I would you know, just take it out of my person, like pull whatever card I needed for myself. It came out on subways. I did not give a fuck. When I needed to be recentered, when I just needed to know like what card is standing with me today, I just pulled. There's no that nothing could be more sacred than turning to a deck and just being like, oh, what is what's here? So you don't need to cultivate any energy. You can drop any kind of practice that you think comes with being Um, connected to your deck, it can be in bed with you. You can just pull a card and be like, great. I like it. I don't like it. You know? Um, I just want to, it's completely fine if you don't want to pull cards. I just want to really permission you to believe that the cards don't need anything from you, that you're actually at your altar right now. Even if you are listening to this, like, from bed, having not showered for five days, I'm we're all surrounding you in that space, hearing you, feeling you, witnessing you in your incredible capacity to take care of yourself. Um, Depression's no fucking joke. So it's about welcoming in the beating warm heart of intuition and guides and knowing that they're already with you. It's just about, because the biggest motherfucker of depression is that it's an isolator, right? Like we all go through that, likes to isolate. It wants to isolate because it has a better, has better luck kind of inviting you into stuff, inviting us into things when we're alone and multiple other reasons, of course. So sometimes just the simple act of saying, I include any beings that may want to come in here with me, but you all know I don't have any energy to do shit. So if there's something you want me to hear, I'm open, you know, and then letting your tarot practice, if you choose to engage in that, letting your tarot practice come with you in these things. Tarot is meant to be engaged with when the hands feel rough, when things feel dirty, messy, it's not meant to be touched upon with clean hands when everything's all good and solid and stuff. Um, It's okay that the messages feel confusing and overwhelming. Just be super duper gentle. Really um, just be open. You don't have to understand anything right now. Just take care of yourself and know that they're still talking to you. It's just um, there. You can invite them in to just help you touch into the care you need in the moments that you're moving through these depressions rather than, um, trying to interpret whatever. Um, it may also be helpful if I know that this is probably foolish, but if there's a way that it feels easy for you to write, you know, if you just kind of get something and you jot it down, even in your notes app on your phone, um, it, it can be quite useful to just put it down and be like, I don't fucking understand this. And then later you can come back to it and be like, Oh, wow, well, it's interesting. You know, guides are funny with time, obviously. So, um, but yeah, just standing with you and holding you and, um, you are still your magical intuitive self, even when you're moving through big chemical sweeps believe it or not. I know it doesn't feel that way, but it, it it is actually true. It's just a different kind of connection. So, um, yeah, thank you for asking that. I love all of you. Thank you so much for listening. Sorry, this went a little long. I hope it was useful. And, um, thank you for being here. Thanks for asking your beautiful questions and, um, I'm sure that there'll be an opportunity for answer, for me to answer some more down the road, for me to answer more of them <laughs> down the road. Um, but until that time, um, please take care of yourselves. Love you all. Thank you so much for listening to Tarot for the Wild Soul. This podcast was edited by Chase Voorhees. The podcast art is by Chelsea Iris Granger, and it is hosted by me, Lindsay Mack. For more about the podcast, visit wildsoulpodcast.com or follow us on Instagram at tarot for, the wild soul. for more about me and my work, please visit lindsaymac.com. To support Tarot for the Wild Soul, please consider subscribing to the podcast on iTunes and leaving us a five-star review. It helps people find us and it is greatly, greatly appreciated. Thank you so much for being here.